You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Hey, but um, I just want you to stay really expectant today. Sometimes we jump into our order of service in the church, but I believe that today is a different message for us. And it's a moment in the Holy Spirit. So I don't want you to focus on taking notes or keeping up with points because there's only one point. So you should be right today. But I really want you to stay expectant in your heart for the Spirit to speak to you. Because there's a moment for you today in the Holy Spirit. And you know, I, I do love the new year. I feel like you run full steam through October, November, December, and then it's all celebrations and Christmas and celebrating the birth of Jesus. And then it's like this pressure releases from Boxing Day onwards. And we get this little bit of a window in the first week or so of January where we just get to reset. And we get to rest and pause and reflect and dream about the new thing that is to come this year. And I think that's a precious time. And maybe some of you have written some new goals for the year. Um, Maybe some of you honestly just are quite happy to leave 2018 behind and you're excited about what 2019 can bring. But wherever you're at, there is an anticipation and an excitement when there's something new. I think that's the way God designed it. He is the God of the new. So He created this something in us that there is always something new that we can experience that we haven't had before. And that's the exciting part of walking life with Christ, right? And He has new throughout the Bible. You know, He speaks about new wineskins. He created a new covenant. He's got new attitudes for us, a new self, new commandment, new heavens, new earth. God is always up to doing something new. And it's never what you expect. It's always something that's far outside what you can even ask or imagine. And that's your new year this year. And that's what we're going to speak about today. And we're actually going to spend the next month, how amazing that we get a whole month of unpacking just some of the new aspects that we have in Christ Jesus. We could spend all year unpacking the new things that we have in Christ Jesus. But we're going to do this for the next month. And I get the privilege of beginning this series with, I believe, one of the greatest truths that we have in our salvation. And that is that we are a new creation. And sometimes we do go, amen. And, but I just want us today to take some moment to really dwell in that truth. Because if we truly, truly believe it, then it will absolutely transform the way that we look at ourselves and the way that we look at the life that we live. You know, and we heard from Pastor Phil, I just, I loved that message, the beginning of that when I heard it this week, because it just so fit in line with where the Holy Spirit was taking us today. And I love when God does that. And He says, you know, you've got a new day and not only a new day, but a whole new way. And I know that Pastor Phil hears from God. And when he speaks prophetically, he doesn't just throw out words, but he has heard that from God about you because you are a part of the church and he is praying for you as a part of that. And I loved how he said that we don't go forward the way that we came in, you know, and he wants us to make changes in our lives so that we are propelled forward in momentum. 
And I believe that today is that significant day for you and he's really gonna open our hearts and our minds into a heavenly reality. Does that sound exciting? I mean, we can plan out our steps, but God has a heavenly reality for your new year this year. And He's laying this foundation because when we get this and we live from it, it's gonna change the way that you view life. Amen? All right, so let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I do believe that you're speaking to people's hearts today and I believe that you've got a specific message for them that's gonna just speak to something deep. I just pray for unlocking in people's hearts where there's limitations. God, I just declare them to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I declare for an openness in our minds and an openness in our hearts to receive the word that you've got for us today. Amen. So we're gonna be speaking from 2 Corinthians 5. So if you wanna turn there in your Bibles, um, it's 2 Corinthians 5 and we're gonna be starting at verse 17. Now this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he wrote several letters to the church. It's not actually the second letter that he wrote. It's potentially the fourth letter. Um, But it was written in a context where the church was beginning to question Paul's authority as an apostle. So Paul, um, he describes these super apostles that had come into the church and they came in and they were wealthy and they were very eloquent in speech. I think they had personality, they had favour apparently. Um, And they said that all of this was, um, I guess, the authority that they were a true apostle of God. And therefore, the fact that Paul was the opposite of this, he was self-sacrificing, he was suffering persecution, he had given up everything to follow the call of God, so he was poor in some circumstances. The fact that Paul was this meant that he was not a true apostle of God. And so Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthian church to remind them that, hang on, the kingdom of God is an upside down value system. And the things that you are judging these apostles on, the worldly values that you are looking at, is not actually a sign of whether they are true apostle from God. And it is in fact, all of the things that you mention, my suffering, my humility, Um, the fact that I live for Christ, it is those things that actually give me the authority to claim to be an apostle of God. Because it is, I'm appointed by God, not by the world. It's not a self-appointed authority. So that's the context that this scripture comes in. And the chapter that we're reading from, chapter five, talks about our new life and our new purpose in Christ. This is why Paul does what he does. And I believe that this chapter is here so that we too would have the same revelation that Paul had. Because when we have that revelation, it gives us the deep, deep conviction that God is who He said He is and that we are who He says we are. And that's the place that we live out of. So we're gonna read 2 Corinthians 5, starting at 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, And all this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, sometimes the Bible might be a little tricky to understand, but this verse is not such a verse. It says quite clearly that you are a new creation if you are in Christ. There is no greater, fresh start, bigger dream, new goal that you could ever make for your life than to live as a new creation. In Christ Jesus. And as I was reflecting this week, I realised just how quickly 
we can lose sight of this truth and begin to believe something less about ourselves. And when we do that, it completely, I guess, derails us off the direction that God is taking us in. So I want to share a story with you um, about me. And back last year when we went to the Spirit and Truth Intensive, I had a moment with God that was very significant. And um, it spoke to me about this very scripture, actually. And what had happened is, I think I'd taken some knocks maybe over the year leading up to that and the year before that, um, which kind of spoke to who I was. And I didn't realise it, but I'd actually started to doubt the way I was created. And I started to go, God, why did you make me this way? Why can't I just be a little bit more normal? Why can't, why am I so intense? Why am I so full of passion? Because it seems like when people get close to me, that's unnerving for them and they reject me. And I didn't realise how much I'd allowed that lie to speak into my heart. And in a moment before God, I was in worship at the Spirit and Truth Intensive and I heard God very clearly say to me, who told you this? I created you and I created you perfectly. And in that moment, God changed my whole direction from questioning the way that I was created and allowing experiences and other opinions to speak into that to reminding me that He created me this way and it was perfectly. And that new creation that He had made me had a purpose for Him and that's why I was on this direction. But it was amazing how quickly I'd allowed that lie and nobody would have known it. You don't know that from the outside, but you can deeply internalise a lie that starts to distract you and just push you offline so you're not pursuing full on the direction that God's got for you. So I believe that today, God's gonna do that for some of you. There's been stuff that's spoken over your life by others, by experiences, and it is not true. And God's gonna remind you today that you are a new creation in Him and the way that He has created you is perfect. And it is exactly the way that He wants you to live your life. Amen? All right. I wanna encourage you today not to miss the moments that He puts before you. I love how Pastor Phil said in that message that momentum is a string of moments put together. And sometimes we discard moments as one-off experiences, but they're not. Because what moments do is they put revelation into your life, which change your direction. And if you then choose to follow that direction after the moment, that then becomes a series of moments and that leads to your momentum. So I wanna encourage you to grab the moment that's today. All right, so here we are. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So let's just backtrack a little bit because there is a condition that launches this marvellous proclamation. It says that if anyone is in Christ, so what does it actually mean to be in Christ? We're gonna read back just to verse 14. So if you want to flick back to there, so 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Now this might feel like a bit of a mouthful here, but it's simply the salvation message. So we've got Jesus, the one, died for all, 
And in doing so, he paid for the sin, all of our sin, for all of humanity. But this is not the end of the story because it says that we are raised to life again in Christ, just as he was raised to life. And how does that happen? How are we raised to life in Christ? If you read John 3.16, it says, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So when we believe the truth of what Jesus did, and when we turn, like Pastor Keith said, we turn from this direction and we start walking this direction with Jesus, then we are united with Christ. We are therefore from that moment in Christ. Now I'm going to ask my helpers, Simon and Pastor Earl, to pop up. Because there's a divine exchange that happens at salvation. And Pastor Keith and I were talking about it this week and he drew this diagram. And um, I thought a picture often tells a thousand words. And so I wanted to do it, show it to you today. So come over, come this way. I'm not going to bite you. So here we have Simon and here we have Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Now, this is the story of Simon's life, and he's pretty good. He doesn't like it. I often tease him that he's Mr. Perfect. But um, you got your writing upside down. Because, you know, they want to read the words. <laughs> now, Simon is good. He, he lives a good life, right? But as good as he is, Simon has sin in his world. So some are bigger than others. Some of you may not look like this page, but you will all have something similar. There is sin in your world. There is no way that you can actually escape this. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, also lived a life. But it says down in verse 21 that it says that he who had no sin. So Jesus who had no sin. So this is Jesus. No red marks on Jesus's page. So what actually happens at salvation? At salvation... God doesn't come along and maybe get a marker and cross out your sin. He doesn't get some white out and kind of try and scrub it out. Come, sometimes I think that's what happens. Like we have in our head that, that we're still this page over here, but it's just been corrected. But actually at sin, there's a divine exchange. Go boys, this is all you had to do. Excellent. This is actually what happens at salvation. So now it says that Jesus, who was no sin, took on our sin so that we might become the righteousness of Christ. Sometimes we have these big words and we don't actually stop to think about what that means. Now when God looks at Simon, he doesn't see a corrected page. He sees the righteousness of Christ. This is what it means to be in Christ and to be a new creation. And now, before they run away, Simon even said to me in the car on the way down here, but where's, you know, I should have a blank page, right? It's not actually a blank page that you get in Christ Jesus. You actually get a story that has been written, crafted, perfectly made by God for you that you then have the pleasure of seeking Him to find it and walk in it. And it's not hard to find. You just follow God and He's going to lead you in this way. So we often hear around New Year, hey, you've got a blank page this year. 
that's actually, you've got something better. You don't have a blank page this year. You already have an amazing life crafted out for you by the Creator of the world where you walk in the righteousness of Christ and you follow Him. How amazing is that? I love that. Thank you, boys. You did well. I feel like the more that you sit and actually dwell on this concept, the more that your mind is expanded because it is completely irrational what God did for us. And yet it is completely full of grace and compassion and absolute love that He would take His Son and give Him our sin and exchange it with His righteousness for us. And when we truly grasp, I think, that concept, then we can begin to live out as a new creation. A few weeks ago, Pastor Keith said that God's present is our future. And that's what it means in that God has written that story. And you might be worried about what's to come, but God's already here and He's seen what is written. And you just have to walk with Him. Just walk with Him. Just listen to Him. Choose to abandon the direction that you're going in and choose to follow God and to actually walk in His ways. And this is what it means to be a new creation. And this is what gives us our standing to actually say now, in Christ, I am a new creation. And not only just to say that, but to believe it. You've actually really got to believe it. Sometimes we just say too many Christian cliches, but you've got to believe it, church. And I believe that's the moment that God is opening up for us this morning. So it says in the Scripture that the old has gone and the new has come. And you might say to me, well, Mel, I don't feel like this. Why do I still struggle with sin then? And why can't I find the freedom? I feel like I've gone to altar call after altar call and I can't find the freedom that I so long for. And you know, there are so many possible answers to that question, but notwithstanding the fact that there is a significant battle for the new in your life. So that story I shared with you before about me and my revelation about being a new creation is God knows, sorry, the enemy knows, God knows too, but the enemy knows I'm not going to abandon my faith. I'm not. I'm sold out to Jesus from here to the end. But if He can distract me from my purpose and from the direction that I'm going and following after Him, then He can have a significant decreasing impact of the the impact that my life is actually going to have in this world because God has intended my life to bring Him great glory and to see many come to know Him because of the way that I walk. And if the enemy can take me out of that, then he's won a little battle there. So for you, there is an absolute battle for this revelation in your life and for you to be able to actually stand secure and continue to follow on in Christ, believing that you are a new creation. This life is not all there is. And the enemy does not want you walking as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you a story that I heard? It was about an extremely rich lady who was actually so bound by fear of using her finances, she thought that either people were going to abuse her or um, she'd be a target of crime or that she'd end up using it all and be left with nothing. Um, She was one of the richest ladies in the world. This is a true story. And she was so bound by that fear that when she died, 
They actually found her in her little apartment living in squalor. She was malnourished. She lived in absolute filth. And she had not used the money and the riches that were available to her because of her fear and her insecurities. Now, we can look at a lady like that and go, oh, what a wasted life. Like, how could you be like that? Why? But as I was thinking of that story, the Holy Spirit brought that to me and I went, are we not like that woman if we do not walk in the riches of the kingdom that God has actually made available to us? This is what it means to be a new creation. This is what it means to be the righteousness of Christ. You have all of the riches and all of the inheritance and all of the power and all of the glory of God available to you in this life that you live right now. And if we choose not to walk in it, then we're just like that lady who had it all there, but because of fear, didn't live out the life that she could have lived. Imagine the good that she could have done to humanity with her finances. And if that's only finances, imagine the good that we can do for the world with not just the financial riches of heaven, because God has all of them, but with the power and the glory and the love and the compassion and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, this, this decision that we make to live as a new creation is not actually just about us. Sometimes we just get in our own little world and we think, well, if I don't fully live that out, that's, that's just, this is just me and I'm happy to go this way and um, that's, that's just all there is. But it's actually not because there is a city out there that needs you. And I was going to talk about purpose today, but I just couldn't get past actually getting started on this revelation. But you need to know that there is a city perishing outside of these doors that needs you walking in your purpose as a new creation in Christ Jesus because you have glory to bring in your life. This is not some big hype speech from down or up here. You have incredible glory that is meant to come out of your lives as you walk your purpose that will enable an entire city to be saved. I fully believe that an entire city of Newcastle can be saved if Christians rose up in who they were in Christ, walked that life, believed God when He said, I'll give you power, we'll heal, we'll bring hope, we'll bring life. If we all walked like that, the church of Newcastle, imagine what this city would be. This is what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. So what? So this is big Mel. What do I do? How do I actually begin this journey? God loves giving us really huge, big things and then going, but it's actually really, really simple. It doesn't take some big, huge move. It just takes a heart that turns towards Him. And all you need to do to begin to live as a new creation in Christ Jesus is to believe it. Really believe it. Not just say it, but actually believe it in the bottom of your heart. And that might take a few moments with God. You might have to get before God and say, God, okay, this is your truth. And I don't fully grasp it yet, but I want to believe it. So help me believe it. And let Him speak truths to you like He did to me. Let, let you hear Him say to you, you are my new creation 
and I love you. And in you, I am very well pleased and I have great plans and purposes. Because you can hear me say that to you, but it will transform your life when you hear God speak that into your heart. You know, this is not a selective message for the serious Christian, but it's a message to all of us. And there is a moment right now, I believe this is what God has appointed for today. There is a moment that we actually choose to believe that this is true about us. And then we walk out from this moment today and we choose to live from that new revelation. So that moment that happens here today in Christ Jesus becomes momentum. We need to make up our mind today that we will be who God says we are. We need to actually begin to walk out our new year from that revelation. Everything hinges upon that. Every goal, every plan, everything we wanna see this year needs to come out of that foundation and that revelation because it will completely change what you're pursuing this year. And all those other things that you dream from, when they come from the heart of God, when they come from the heart of God, they will happen. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You will have an amazing family. You will succeed in work. He will bless you with time away and holidays and great times with friends and fellowship and relationships that last and build things in your world. Those things will come when you seek first His kingdom and when you walk as a new creation. I wanna finish with a story And it was a story again that the Holy Spirit just quickened to me this week. And it's about a lady named Maria Woodworth Etta. And she felt God calling her from a really young age, but she resisted that call for a long time. Hang on a sec. (coughs) She resisted that call for a really long time because she felt inadequate. And she had many, many reasons to feel inadequate. She was a woman and in her time, women weren't meant to do anything for God. They were just meant to be quiet. They were meant to raise children. They weren't meant to be significant in the Kingdom of God. And she had life experiences and she felt disqualified. And so she knew or she felt God calling her, but she justified her resistance. And she lived for a long time in her limitations. She hid from the truth because it was just easier to live life the way that it was. Don't rock the boat. You don't want to stand out because then you can be torn down. But then she tells this story about how the Lord came to her in a vision and asked her what she was doing on the earth. And she felt ashamed and she said, Oh God, I will work in your vineyard. And he answered, When? And she said, When I'm prepared for the work. And then God said to her, don't you know that while you are getting ready, souls are perishing. Go now and I'll be with you. And she had that moment, but even after that moment, she still resisted. And she said, God, I don't know enough about the Bible. I've got to study the Bible better before I can go and speak your word. And then she saw on her wall, a large open Bible and the verses stood out in raised letters. And the glory of God shone upon that book and she looked and she could understand it all. 
Now, Maria Woodworth Edda is known as being the grandmother of, a Pente- of the Pentecostal movement. And it is said that people within a 20 kilometre radius of her meetings were touched by the Spirit of God. And she saw whole cities transformed through her ministry. So what changed for her? She felt disqualified. She felt inadequate. She resisted the call of God. What actually changed her feelings of inadequacy? It was a moment with God and then a choice that she made to believe Him, that He was who He said He was and that she was who He said she was. Prior to this, Maria was a believer. She was a believer in Christ. She loved God with all of her heart, but she was not standing in her position as a new creation in Christ Jesus. And she allowed her opinion and the opinion of others to keep her limited. She was like that rich lady we spoke of earlier who had all these riches available to her, but was too afraid to actually use them. I love the fact that there are testimonies like this that we can grab a hold of, because it doesn't matter how disqualified you feel, how inadequate you feel, or even how long you have resisted the call of God. That does not even disqualify you. At any moment, we can choose to believe in God, believe that we are a new creation in Christ and turn from our direction and see an amazing outpouring of glory in our lives. Imagine if Maria had never responded. And my question is, why is that not you? Or why not me? Who knows how many Maria Woodworth editors we have in this auditorium. And it's not gonna be the same as her, but God has just as big a plan and purpose and call over each and every one of you as He had for her. Why not you? How are we any different? The truth is we're not. It's just about making a decision to believe. And we have the same choice. Church, would you just stand with me? Because I've been praying and this is me standing out on a limb because I like having my sermon all done to the end and then I can sit down. But the Holy Spirit said, not today. You're gonna do one point today and then there's gonna be a time of ministry and I'm gonna do what you can't do. So the Holy Spirit's gonna go through this auditorium and He's gonna speak to you and He's gonna call out the greatness that is in your heart, that you are a new creation And church, I believe this is the moment that you respond to Him. Because when you do, there's this transaction that happens. And that transaction is so important because when you walk out of here and things start to happen in your world, you have something that anchors you back to the truth of God. That you can say, no, I heard God say this to me. And this is the actual truth. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.